Hello, thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Anna Loder from readabook.com.au. I'm a lifelong reader and book lover and a long-time book club member. 15 years, I can't believe it. I've been a bookseller for 13 and now I'm a reviewer and blogger. This is a weekly podcast celebrating that love of books and reading. I'm so excited to be in your ears today. Before we get started, can I quickly pay my respects to the Darawal people of the Uyora Nation, the traditional custodians of the land on which I work, play, read and live on. Along with the traditional owners of the lands throughout Australia, I pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging. Let's get started. Yes, I've just got a few minutes before Dr. Sonia Henry comes on to the Zoom to talk about her memoir, Put Your Feet in the Dirt Girl. Now, I've just finished reading this and I loved it. It's such a great one. I am a fan of her going under novel from 2019. Um This memoir is completely for me. This was so, so insightful, so vulnerable, so well done. Hello. Hello, Sonia. How are you? God, it's been ages. It's been ages. Thank you so much for being so I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Wonderful. Thank you. You have had some media interest already. I saw you in the newspaper and I was stoked because that's my friend, Dr. Sonia. Yeah, yeah, I was on and I was on national TV last night and I'm going in The Guardian, ABC and na- uh, live radio tonight, national radio and Oh, yeah. Yes. Thank you for squeezing Again. me in. <laughs> I mean, I've been living in the desert for three years and I've actually been in Europe the last few months sort of just having a holiday and it was a real shock to come back to what was so intense. So it, um, I was really glad when I saw your name. Oh, that's so lovely of you. Thanks so much. Yeah, you were just doing everything so intensely. Yeah, it's been wild. It's just been such a weird, I was going to, crazy few years, yeah. Yes. Well, you came into the shop, I think, 2019 and we were friends before that on Insta, but watching your... your We've had it a crazy couple of years. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really plan that. It just sort of, it was like chance or fate or I don't know. It just happened. Yeah. Channeling Elizabeth Gilbert, I think. <laughs> Did you like that line? I loved <laughs> it. I really like her stuff. I loved Eat, Pray, Love, the, the book. Yeah. I, I thought of, I really related to it actually. Yeah. I like to describe my book as Eat, Pray, Love, but the kind of battler Aussie medical version, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, your memoir also really resonated with me because my sister is a teacher who's gone from Sydney to Lightning Ridge so that whole oh, like, I know the ridge uh, very well yeah, I actually spent uh, six weeks working in the ridge which I didn't put that in the book but um, oh, I right. have to yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty wild up there yeah yes it sounds like the wild west <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's one of the craziest places I've ever been in the region. It's in, it's in the book, but I mean, I, I didn't talk about my work there, but I got stuck there actually over Christmas when it was flooding. And um, I got oh, you know, wow. it's a funny thing about a Christmas ham that I won at the Lightning Ridge pub raffle and I had to get the ham on a flight to Dubbo and sort of wish I'd put that anecdote in the book, but anyway, it's all right. Oh, I wish you had it. My niece and my Sorry. sister probably were at the pub. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was. Uh, there was a lot of interesting people at the pub, but I was a regular, so I mean, I loved oh, it. Right. Yeah. Oh, right. It'd be incredible yeah. if you knew them that's so crazy and and, you know you meet people so easily and I think that's what I really liked about it like you just I miss remote Australia like Sydney's been pretty hectic like I'm going to Broken Hill as soon as the book stuff ends to work and then I'm going back to WA for three months to work so um I'd say like I will work remotely in some respect for the rest of my career yeah I think Kerry will as well maybe once you get the taste of 
of remote work, you never go back. It's yeah, so exactly, rewarding. Yeah. And, yeah. No, it's hard, but it, it's yeah. yeah. But you both are so, yeah, so different from one another, but so really well suited to remote work. Yeah, so interesting. So this one picks up probably straight after going under. <laughs> it was so good to pick up from where we left off. I feel like going under that I am a friend of yours. Oh, you have such a lovely style for memoir. You feel like you're right there with you. This was wonderful. Oh, I'm glad. I think that, yeah, I, I mean, I well, going under was a different book because I had to write it fictionally, I think, because of the publishers and stuff are worried about. I think personally, I think this is a better book, but that's only because I think I write memoir better than I write me too. That fiction. kind of memoir style yep. fiction. Um, I mean, look, it's a different book, but I, I was a bit hamstrung in some ways by fiction. And I feel like memoir for me, I mean, I'm quite honest. I am, a, I'm actually probably an overly honest person, which is my flaws in some way, but also it was very easy to write. And I actually, it was very therapeutic to write. Yeah. Mm. Elizabeth Gilbert. But she does fiction as well as memoir. So, oh, yeah, I mean, Elizabeth Gilbert, I think. <laughs> but no, I think you've got a lovely style for memoir. And the way that you just draw me in and keep me up to date with what you're doing. And it's just, I think, yeah, you must have no qualms about being so vulnerable. Or, yeah, maybe like you say, it's therapy, but it was just. Well, I guess it was also, I wanted to show, I could like been going under. I think people think doctors are so superior. And a lot of doctors do act like that, which I think is to their debt. Detriment, um, mm, because absolutely, especially out in the bush, you can't be like that because you're living with these people. You're in it together. Like mm. I'm at the mercy elements just as much as they are, and you bond very quickly. And and I also believe that humans are not meant to be like superior or you know, no, like we should of course not. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a much happier way to live. I think absolutely. So how did you get the idea? Did you always want to do a memoir after the novel? Oh no, um, no. I had plans to go into speculative fiction uh, and I was going to go to Europe to write my speculative fiction, my European blockbuster as I like to call it uh, and then as it's still to come yes, well yes, I mean there's the draft um, and then um, just as it is in, in the book uh, you know, COVID happened and I was meant to go to Europe and obviously I couldn't leave and I wanted to get as far away from Sydney as possible. Mm-hmm. An ad came up for a job as a GP in the remotest, pretty much the remotest part of Australia, if not some of the world and um, yeah. pretty much a few days later, if it might have been longer, like a week, but it wasn't long, I was on a plane and then suddenly I was driving through the middle of the Western Australian desert and it was pretty intense. <laughs> it's also beautifully described as well. Like it sounds like it's just beautiful country. I haven't done that road trip yet. <laughs> It's an amazing place. I had an interview this morning actually with a radio guy who had lived in Karatha, which was where I sort of landed when I got there. And it gets under your skin, that red dirt, you know, and I do say that in the book. So mm. someone said that once it gets on your skin, it never washes off. And even now when I feel stressed or anxious, I remember that red dirt and I feel calmer. I feel at peace. It's very hard to describe without being there. Well, your description was beautiful. I put it way back up the top of my list again. It just sounds incredible. And that whole um, ancient land and Pompeii was similar, And but this was even more special. It just it sounds incredible. But I, I meant it. Like that's yeah. how it oh, felt. Like yeah. I felt that I was somewhere so old. It was, and then I was saying that to my dad when I was, my parents were so worried about me, you know, I've sort of disappeared in the middle of nowhere. And he said, oh no, it's actually like the oldest part of the earth. It's like pre-Cambrian. And I was sort mm-hmm. of like, I really felt that. I felt it. And I've never had that kind of experience in Australia ever before. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, just it sounds magical, and I think you just did a, a wonderful job of explaining it to somebody who hasn't ever been there before. Just that sense of magic. Yeah, thanks. That was Such a fun. job well done. So this was an alternative to a breakdown, really, that made you just leave yeah, yeah. and just yeah. I was, I think, very close to a breakdown for lots of reasons. Um, you know, I'd I'd sort of run into a bad person, and I don't want to go into the details too yeah. much. You know, no. read the book, um, mm-hmm. but- That's right. <laughs> about that that's just a sort of the catalyst I think but I think that I've been very good at putting on a front you know like I write books and I'm a doctor and I you know I love going out and having fun and I make things look very easy but actually things are very difficult my job is very difficult it's been I was a physio before I did medicine and you know I always wanted to write books and I sort of wanted to do that at the same time and it's been hard and then this event sort of happened uh, and then COVID happened and everything intersected like I say in the book like the holes in the Swiss cheese lined up and I was not in a good way emotionally I mm. and I, I find that hard to admit aside from in my writing I'm not good at asking people for help I'm good at telling them like oh look I'm struggling but I'm not good at actually saying I need to stop I need something different and um the desert really saved me you know it mm. really did yeah and that quote at the beginning by Hammond Innes I don't know if you remember it oh. about yeah my mum actually sent me that because she's an English teacher and it really resonated with me I mean regardless of what you believe religiously this idea of something more than you is in that land and it gives you such great calmness and peace yeah it's just amazing oh well it was just an incredible read and thank you so much for letting me live vicariously through you and get to experience it all because it just was just magical but yeah I'm one of those people though I assumed that you should be on the beach at the Bahamas <laughs> living it up a doctor as well as a writer Sadly. you know I'm, I'm very privileged and I'm in a very lucky position compared to lots of people but we all have the capacity to hit the wall and yes. I hit the wall yeah 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 and didn't you do a good service in highlighting that in your memoir like I just think it's it's such a good memoir to read for so many different reasons and that's one of them the fact that you can recognize it see the holes lining up and do something different to get yourself out of it yeah thank yeah. you for writing okay, so vulnerably I'm about it no, very honest about it. Yep, was not yes. in a good way emotionally, psychologically, um, and that's why I left. Yeah, yeah. But wouldn't it have been easy just to fob it off and say, "No, I'm just I'm doing this eat, pray, love thing now, and getting ready to make my next millions from writing this memoir." I think you yeah. just, yeah, you've done a wonderful thing for just in talking about the vulnerabilities that you feel. It's so rare, and we have to do it because yeah. everyone point feels that way and if we pretend and doctors are very good at pretending and I'm sick of pretending and I'm not pretending anymore and that's what Mm. I promised myself after this I was like I'm not pretending anymore about how I feel about the state of remote health in Australia about Mm -hmm. the state of First Nations health in Australia about the disparities that I've seen when I got back from my sort of trip away I was very worried about this book I was actually really worried I was like I've been too vulnerable I have been but the initial responses have been amazing Mm -hmm. and I actually think rather than putting my feet in the dirt I'm putting my feet in the mud and I'm standing my ground and I'm saying the things that I saw in remote Australia were not acceptable in terms of health outcomes in terms of and also the way I felt I'm going to be very honest about that as well humans feel bad and I felt really bad yeah but thank you very much for putting your feet in the mud I think you've just done (laughs) 
right next to each other in the yes. I don't even want to <laughs> it's ridiculous how different the expectations are for regional versus city it's crazy we're all paying the same tax this is the most yeah I know. we're it's all crazy. under the one country this yeah. is it's not good enough no, I agree with your sister. Yeah, but she would understand working as a teacher in yeah. the bridge. You uh, would know people that I know most definitely, which is so <laughs> crazy. Um, but it's not acceptable and we all call ourselves Australians and yet the disparities are so massive. It's mm. really unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. So you talked a lot about First Nations in your memoir and thank you very much for that. And also I love the way that you were good enough to say that you had woke talked it when you lived in the city because I know that I do that. I think, you know, of course, it's so different to knowing. Yeah, so- yeah. And that's why First Nations friends have said to me, you know, once you know, you can't unknow. And once you see, you can't unsee. But until you're there, you don't know and you don't see. It's really easy to learn about Aboriginal health in a textbook, a university, and memorise the slides and actually, you know, feel a sense of this is wrong. Yeah. And until you're there, you don't know. Yeah. And I didn't know and I was horrified by mm. the discrepancies and the injustices that I saw in what we are a supposedly developed country yeah I mean we just we have to do better and yeah I think I did society and culture in 1995 and I was astounded that the statistics are pretty much the same that's they revolting that's in fact, it's almost worse yeah, yeah absolutely worse. if anything they're worse it's now than what they were yeah. that's so crap that's just yeah it it shouldn't be acceptable in a first world country your memoir really drove that home rather than it just being stats on paper I feel like I've seen it now um, but tell me now about the warm blood and crazy. So the blood was too hot and you oh, thought you'd made it. Yeah, where I was working was so remote. I mean, it was. Yeah. Like I, I mean, I don't like to do things by halves, but that was extreme even for me. You know, I didn't really think it through, as you can tell by the book. It sort of just, I got there. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, also quite hard to leave a place like that, even if you wanted to, because it's quite hard to get out and, there's not, you know, it's, it's in the middle of nowhere. Um, and I noticed, yes, that these blood results were coming through that were not hugely abnormal but very consistent. So nearly every patient I was seeing had slightly low white blood cells, slightly low neutrophils and started getting a bit concerned by it actually. And and then I started Googling, you know, because I knew I was in a mining town, iron ore, iron ore and bloods and found a few, you know, worrying things. And finally I, um, I think I did say something to the nurse who was great and, she was like, oh, yeah, the other doctor kind of mentioned something about that, but then they left because, you know, it was very short-term locums out there. And then I got a phone call from the laboratories and they said, oh, you know, like in the book, um, can we speak to, you know, Dr. Henry? And that really yeah. worried me because if the lab's ringing you as a doctor, yes. it's bad. Like, and yeah. out there, it's just, even in the city, it's stressful because you're like, oh, no, someone have got a hospital or whatever. And I was just thought, oh, God, like, you know. Um, and then he was just like, oh, look, it's actually the pathologist, and which is also quite unusual. Usually it's a lab tech that will, will call, but the pathologist had, had run. They mm-hmm. noticed the same thing. Yes, and I thought, oh, wow, like I've made this major discovery and there's a cluster, and then I was really worried, like I've been drinking this water, like, ah! <laughs> um, And then he said, no, we actually think it's down to the bloods heating up. And I remember thinking, what on earth is he talking about? And then he explained it. So the bloods out there have to go in a car to the next major city, which is like 400 plus kilometres away, major city, you know, like 
regional centre yeah. and on a plane to Perth to be processed. And so there was some problem with the storage and because they were heating up, it was sort of throwing out the results. And that just astounded me. Like, yeah. In my head, even though I knew I was in the middle of nowhere, you just, you're just you so used to things happening quickly. You just don't physically conceptualise in your mind blood tubes being driven and flown. Um, well, I remember I just, just putting the book down and just going, whoa, like that's so far away for the yeah. blood to heat up in a car. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. to change the blood. Yeah. yeah. Even the blood had to be flown. Like the blood yeah. was flying by out. It was, it was unbelievable. It was just wild I sometimes I look back on that time and I wonder how I survived that I just I guess I just kept going you know mm. well thank goodness that you did yeah absolutely <laughs> I mean look and I made some great friends like I said I really enjoyed it but it was very stressful because of mm. situations precisely like that yeah Oh, well, I was at Cronulla through COVID. Like I can't even imagine getting on a plane and going somewhere remote, having to worry about isolating or whether you're meant to be isolating or like changing. (laughs) At the beginning kind of of the pandemic when nothing was very clear and that was really stressful too. And it was also really ethically compromising for me because I knew that I was the only doctor there and I knew if something really bad was going to happen that I was probably the best, well, I was the best person to manage it and I couldn't yes. leave because of COVID yeah. and I sort of thought if this person is dying I, I think that the risk is mitigated but uh, you know because of the rules and the pandemic it was also new and un- un- you know yeah, but are you going to get arrested because you're going exactly. out to save somebody from a heart attack who's about to yeah, yeah. It was and that was crazy really ethically compromised by that yeah. whole experience I couldn't do anything about it um and it was really strange. Like the whole thing was really strange. I mean, mm. it's pretty strange to read, rereading it. I remember thinking that was my dad read it and he said, I can't believe that happened. I said, I know. Yeah. It's one of those strange periods that I think we'll all look back on and just be like, oh, oh, yeah, what? Like- yes, exactly. Yeah. But it was, you know, it was interesting. Yeah. Bless. Now, I also just wanted to say, Buddy, your dog, and I was so sorry to... Oh, it was horrendous. I mean, she came into my backyard when I was working in the middle of northwest New South Wales, and I saw it was just as it happened in the book. Um, I um, was on the phone to my friend who was living in Denmark, and I had like a glass of rosé in hand, and there was this noise at the back door, and there was this little dog with this little stumpy tail, and... um. And I remember thinking, I just, I'm not in the market for a dog. Like, you know, I grew up in the country. I, I, mm-hmm. I know that I'm not like one of those city people who gets their dogs during the pandemic and then sort of discards them. Like, I was like, if you can't have a dog, you can't have a dog, right? Yeah. And so I turned all the lights off and hid inside and hoped the dog just sort of went back to wherever she came from. And then I went out and she was asleep. And so then I went to the local shop and I did everything and no one wanted her. And then they, you know, at work, they were like, oh, we can shoot her if you want because she had a limp and you're in the country. And I was like, oh, so no. Oh, my God. No. And then, and then, yeah, her first trip was on a private plane because they chartered flights out of there because you can't, of you know. Of course, yeah. Airport. It's like a small plane airport. Um, And I, it was so funny that I called her the dog who lived and then 12 months later she was diagnosed with this very aggressive lymphoma and I tried everything. To save her, I spent so much money that when I tried mm. to get a home, my bank said, who is Buddy on your bank statement? Because I thought I had a secret child. <laughs> yeah. That's horrible. I know. Oh, um, and, then, and then she died. And I think about her every single day. Um, my parents do too. And when I was on Channel 7 last night, 
I watched it because I was quite worried how it went off because you don't really know when you're speaking what you're really saying because all the lights are on or whatever. And and then I saw that photo of Buddy and I on the plane come up and it was like she was in my apartment with me and it was just, and I messaged my editor who was also very affected by that story. She's obviously a dog lover. Yeah. And she said, Buddy's story continues. I said, beyond the grave. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you were just so lucky to have met her and to be able to hang out with her. And yeah, I think. Yeah. When I needed her the most. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they're unreal. They're better than yeah. humans. Oh, 100% better than humans. Dog grief. And um, actually, a lot of people do grieve their animals dying more than humans because animals offer no judgment. They just offer unconditional love. Yeah, absolutely. And acceptance. <laughs> totally understand. It's, it, it broke me. Yeah. It, yeah. It's just so heartbreaking. I can't even describe it. Yeah. Oh, I was so pleased to see the book was dedicated in part to Buddy. That was gorgeous. Oh, I yeah. I love that well, dog. Of course. Yeah, she deserves to move on. She's the most amazing dog. Yeah, I mean, all all of us have those bonds with our dogs, but she just the best year. Oh, she had the best life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, I still miss her. I miss her every. I miss her for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, have you read the Art of Racing in the Rain? No, but it sounds like oh, you've got to. Yeah, definitely. Maybe not now. Yeah. Just, just message it to me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, bless. Well, I really want to let you go because you were so lovely to talk to me out of turn and squeeze me in and, oh, I cannot oh, appreciate no, it no, enough. No, like I said, super oh. happy to. Uh, Tell me about the Portuguese wine. Is it really that good? Because it's very cheap. It's amazing. <laughs> it's so great. I've spent a lot of time in Portugal and um, the wine there, it's it's and the, the pours are very generous. So you're paying, oh. you know, like 40 euros or less for a very big glass. Actually, my boyfriend now, I've got, I've got a very settled, happy life. We were back in Sydney and he's like, gee, the pores are just not Portuguese, are they? And I was like, no. <laughs> oh, my no. goodness. Are you doing any of a tour for this memoir or you'll be, you're working well, still and it's. Kind of media for the next few days. I think that we're just sort of seeing how it goes. Um, but it's going pretty well so far, I think. I mean, I've got a lot of interest, which so it yeah. should get interest actually because remote health deserves interest. Mental health oh. deserves interest. First Nations health deserves interest. Um, so I'll see it how should. it should. I, I also I love the way that it was written. I just think it's a very totally easy memoir to read, such an easy I book. I was worried. I, was, I didn't want to come off as paternalistic. I didn't want to because I've met people like that in the desert. Um, I don't know if you've heard the quip, like the mercenaries, the missionaries and the mad or something who go out there. And I have met people like that. Yeah. Um, and actually my friend Harry, who is a character in my book, who's a very good oh, yep friend of mine now um a quite a young aboriginal boy he said to me he had a, a discussion with a, a white woman who kept saying you know on country on on country and <laughs> harry was like it's not your country and i found that too i found that white paternalism really irritating i found it really yeah. patronizing yeah. and i and i didn't want my book to come off like that and I'm, i really hope it didn't Oh, not at all. No, I no, not at all. Quite the opposite. No, it's just yeah, a beautiful, yeah. beautifully done memoir. It's such a good book. And, yeah, I'm not surprised it's getting a lot of interest and a lot of media because what you're talking about in there is very important. It should get all of the publicity completely. It's such, such a well-written book. Thanks, Hannah. You've been very kind. It's really great to catch up again. Even over oh, it was so lovely of you. Thanks so much. Okay, I'm going to let you go. Thank you so much. I could not appreciate it enough. Thank you. 
Okay, so that's it for this conversation. Thank you so much for joining me. Please leave a review wherever you can, but especially where you found my Readable podcast. If you'd like more connection, please head on over to thereadable.com.au. There's plenty of book reviews and recommendations there. And that's also where you'll find my blog. And I would love, love, love to welcome you into our community. There's a membership page on readable.com.au. There are three levels. The first is free. And I'm so hoping that you would like to help me build my online community where we can enjoy reading more together. Thank you.